Hi and welcome. We're so excited that you chose to join us today. And we hope that this message will inspire you to live the life that God designed you to live. For this message or others like it, you can go to our website or you can find us on our YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, enjoy this message. All right. How is everybody? Josh is waving at everybody. Can you all look back at Josh? He's just waving. He's just... <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could embarrass him. But Did it work, Josh? No? Okay. All right. Good. <clears throat> well, I'm going to take offering this morning. Um, who feels blessed today? Oh, good. Wow. Great. If you don't feel it, you are blessed. And I just want you to sow like you are a blessed person. Amen? Amen? We are blessed. So, ushers, could you get in your position? If you're giving cash, they have envelopes for you. Or you can make checks out to Destiny. And um, today, we are going to Casey's. Um, tell me the time. Two, two o'clock? Is that when those deals, one to, one to three? Well, they'll tell us a little more there when we're there too. But you'll get a bracelet, and you'll we'll get to go on the rides for free for so like a two-hour period. So right after church, hustle there. I think you know it starts at one. There'll be food, and we'll hang out, spend some time, and then at a certain time, our ra- our bracelets work, and we can go on all the rides. And then you know there's that ending point, uh, and then you can continue the, there, but you have to pay then at that point. I think putt-putt golf stays open for you, but all right. So we hope to see you there. That'll be fun. Um, all right. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you that we live in America. And God, right now, we just lift up our leaders. God, we just speak a blessing over them, Lord, right now. God, give them wisdom, great wisdom. God, uncover evil in our in our government and in different areas, Lord. We just thank you for peace in our country. God, peace in the world. And God, we just we just bless them right now in Jesus' name. And just bless these people, the families here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you can serve the people. <clears throat> All right, well, I am going to share with you today. Yeah, thank you for that. Oh, God. Half the audience did not clear out. That's a good start. Um, So I was asked, this first, this this line came to me, and I just thought, well, I'm going to go with it. And um, it's a little unconventional. But I'm, I'm actually really excited. It's, it's from the core of my heart that I, I'm sharing this. And so I feel like, yeah, it's a good thing to share on that. Um, and this is the phrase that came to me, what I learned from my father. And I, I thought, you know what? I have a really great father. Um, but I don't want to make it specific to my father because I, I grew up in this church. And so the truth is that I've had many different uh, father figures in my life. And my father's an amazing father. He's taught me a lot. And so I, I, took, I took three things from my father that 
I learned from him. And um, I want to honor him. But I also want to honor the fathers in this house. And not to, and I'm saying fathers, and some of you are like, well, we're mothers. And honestly, it's more like parents, people that have poured into my life. But, but there's a lot of people in this room that grew up in this church. And um, honestly, this could be an emotional sermon for me. But I'm going to try to not be emotional over this, okay? Because I'm really grateful. You know, I'm really thankful for the church we have, the family we have. And, um, you know, when you start raising your own kids, you start looking around. Who's going to raise these kids with me? You know, who's not going to be crazy so that my kids don't turn out crazy? You know what I'm saying? You start to, you think that way. And so you start noticing, I hate to say it, but I'm going to notice crazy people and I'm going to keep my kids from you. You know what I'm saying? Like you act crazy, you're on my poopy list, stay the heck away from them. I mean that. If you speak harshly, if you don't speak, the, you don't speak, you don't want to raise them up, you don't want the best for them, you're out of there. You know, we're, we're not going to be around you. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And I, if I'm going to hang out with you, I'm going to hang out with you to change you. So, but other than that, Mike, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, my kids are going to be around people that are going to make them the best they're ever going to be. And so I, I get emotional because I'm like, I'm so thankful that I had people in my life and that my kids are going to have people in their life, right? Amen. And so, so the, the line that came to me was what I learned from my father, but really it's, it was reinforced by the community I grew up in. You know, it was like if you just see one person acting like that, then you see 10 people acting like that. You know what I'm saying? That's reinforced. This is like, well, that's odd. But the things that I grew up learning is because they were reinforced, reinforced by the people around me. So I am really thankful. And I was going to, I was like, well, there's people and I could start naming them, but then I'm going to forget somebody. So I want you to know that if you hear and you've been committed to God, I see it. Like, I see it. I've noticed it. And, and the, the young people in here and um, others have seen it. You mentor people by your by your actions every day. The fact you show up to church, you lift your hands, people notice it. I notice it. Like, wow, they're hungry for God. I need to be hungry. Why am I not hungry right now? Come on, you know. It's just those little things. You just go, they're praying really hard right now. Why haven't I been praying? And then you, cha- you start to pray. You know what I'm saying? It's those little things. It's those little things that are really, really big and important. And so I, I want this sermon to be honoring. And I, I want you to feel honored. And I also want to encourage mentoring and I want to encourage other fathers there's people that don't have fathers there's people that need and I say fathers fathers and mothers okay so excuse that but if if you're a mother please take that too also also to you but um so let me let me jump in here things I've learned from my father you guys ready this should be quick or it should be painless okay it won't be painful I'll put it that way um because it's really from my heart. Um, the first thing I learned was live for the greater reward. And I stole that line from a book, I believe, uh, uh, if I remember right, a book. But it says live for the greater reward. There's two things that I saw my father and my mother live for was for the glory of God. You know, Jesus constantly said, I'm doing this to the glory of my father. And I, and I saw that in my, in my parents and the second thing was they lived for the greater reward by honoring or by creating a future for, for
for, our, for the next generations. I mean, I, you've heard that sermon. My dad said, you've heard my dad say these things, but he talks about how he wanted to give up many times, but then God would say, if you give up, there will be a negative response for the future generations, right? You're creating a negative. When you give up, your, the kid, your kids and your grandkids will feel that. Or, but if you persevere, if you push through, your grandkids will feel that. Even the generations you don't see will live from the fruit that you are producing. And I can say that about so many of you. I know you've persevered. Like, you've gone through stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you're still here. You're still serving Jesus. And generations you don't see will taste of the fruit of your life. Is that not amazing? That someday generations will talk about you because you serve Jesus through even the hard times. That's amazing. And, um, and so there was, a, there was a, couple, a few things that I really saw, ways that they did this, they lived for the greater reward, is I loved waking up and my, either of my parents, both of them were out reading their Bible and praying. It was, it was kind of a, it would be kind of odd to not see them reading their Bible and praying. And who knows that you can either read your Bible and pray out of religious duty, or you can do it because you know that you're creating the unseen world controls the seen world. And so it's the unseen things, those things that you're doing, those things that you don't see what it's creating, but actually it's creating a, an un, in the seen world, it begins to create that, but it takes a longer time. Who knows that? Yeah? And so it was, it was those little things as a child, not knowing well, why is that important exactly? But it was something that was built in me. And obviously it's a discipline that we need to have. But So prayer and reading. And then the last thing on that was they sowed seeds. Um, I saw them witness. One really powerful thing was when they would witness. Like they would just be at an airport and, hey, have you ever heard of Jesus? You ever heard that name? And they just begin to witness or going through a drive-thru, they just begin to witness. And those are things like, in the moment, you don't think it's a big deal, but now when I'm an adult, I'm like, it's kind of awkward just randomly witnessing the people. Cold turkey, right? And it's like, but they did that. Just They had the opportunity. Hey, have you heard of Jesus? You know, just bam, right on the spot. And I just think, now I'm like, that's, this is awkward. Am I going to do it? You know, you sit there and you do the dance inside. And you're like, they went through that a lot. And it was right in front of their family so that we could see that this is important. Those are seeds being sown, right? So, and then the other thing that I really, I noticed was their, their um, sacrificial giving. And you, sometimes you could tell it stung a little bit when they gave. Like I know, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm like, some of these times I was like 10, so it's kind of vague, but I remember just someone else, like they give their car away. It's like, hey, where'd our car go? Where's our car? We gave it away. Well, how are we going to get somewhere? Well, we have one car, we're just going to share it. Uh, okay, you know, as kids, you're like, well, how does that work? You know, you're trying to figure out, logistics. well, how's mom going to eat groceries and you go to work? God, doesn't work. You know, like, like it'll, it'll be a fine. God will provide. Just like, that's how it was. And it was really cool thinking back now, like, that is, that's amazing that we, that we got to see that, that there was a generous, and again, in this church, just the generosity that we've seen over the years is amazing. And I'm, I'm speaking, these aren't things that I heard preached. Those are things I saw lived. 
that no one told me you give generously. That's what you do. You, can, you make sure you do it. It wasn't that. It was they did it, and I caught on. It's like, oh, yeah, we give generously. That's what we do. I, I do remember being told I had to give my offering. And so it would be like maybe every other week my mom would, like, give me a couple quarters. Has anybody ever done that with your kids? And I didn't know this, but my mom would go check with Charlotte leaders or I think maybe it was Charlotte at the time. It was like, did Sam give his offering? And then it was <laughs> one Sunday, it was, no, he did not. <laughs> and I, I didn't hear this conversation, but my mom said, they told me you didn't give your offering. And I'm like holding a can of Mountain Dew like, <laughs> like huh, wonder where it went, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, but, you know, it's, it's like the last temptation. You're walking back and then so you're like walking to Chichen's like, Candy machine, pop machine, like, whoa, oh, this is nice. Well, you know, that's what we had. The, that would be the thing you'd walk by as you're going to kids' church. We always had a pop machine. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's more interesting there, you know. So I remember, I don't know what happened to me, but I'm guessing it was a spanking, okay? Say that quietly. When I was saying this, I, I just saw, I, I'm going to share this because I saw it come to me and it, it seemed very vivid. But I just saw some fathers specifically as seeds being planted. And it was like, you're going to make a decision to die for your family. And I, I just saw that seed go in. And remember, the seed has to die. But it takes years. And I specifically saw an oak tree. But I just thought, like, I saw that oak tree. And you were that oak, that seed that went in the ground. And you will never, you might not ever see the, the tree that grows from your life that other generations will land in, the fruit that will come from your life, the shade. You know, the Bible talks about birds then come land in there and stuff, and it brings shade. And, and uh, you know, if we'll make decisions to die right now for future generations, there will be an amazing fruit. Abraham never saw the amount of uh, impact that his life had. Abraham never did, but still we're talking about him. He's our father of our faith. And not only that, he ushered, he got to make the covenant to bring Jesus to earth. But you can bring Jesus to your family in an amazing way. You can, generations from now can talk about you and say, Grandpa whoever, Grandma whoever, she did it. She, she ushered Jesus into our family in an amazing way. And I want that to be your life. Amen? You guys want that? I know you do. The, the second thing was Determination perseverance that I, I saw. And this is one I can specifically say that I, I've seen a lot in our church, a lot of different fathers and mothers. And one that is so practical, it's, so, it's such a practical thing, so it doesn't feel very spiritual sometimes, but it, it actually has done an amazing thing in my life. Um, who knows strength is built in struggle and pain? It it's not the easy times that really create this amazing strength and determination. It's those tough times. And, uh, and I, I've been able to see many people go through tough times, but they always cling to Jesus. They always, they, they fight through that struggle. I mean, there's obviously people that haven't, but uh, I'm, I'm really proud of that there's people in my life that have. And um, I want to just share wh where I learned work ethic and determination. You guys want to hear that? Well, if you don't, I'm going to say it anyways. Um, 
I remember <clears throat> school would get out, and so I'm like 10, 11. I remember Jer, you being there too, but and I'm sure Joe was there at different times, but a couple different times that I remember it was me and Jer, okay? And so summer started, he give, they give us like a week, and I'm sure what happened is we started getting into trouble, like monkey business, you know? We were like taking all of dad's tools, and they're out in the woods, and he's like, all right, sick of it. They're goofing around too much. Maybe we're playing too much Donkey Kong or Mario Brothers or something, right? It's like a week into summer, and we're just thinking, we're living our life, and then suddenly you wake up, and on the counter, there's a chore list, Right? <laughs> Oh, the horror. Sometimes if you saw the chore list, but mom and dad weren't in the room, you go get lost in the woods real quick, right? Anybody ever done that? And then, of course, your growling stomach brings you back home, and you're like, oh, crap, I got to go eat. And then, of course, the chore list will happen. But so the chore list would happen, and mom would be like, dad left the chore list on the counter for you. Oh, oh no. You know, this is what our summer will be. And I remember, you know, this would, let me just give you an example of the chore list. Dad would write, find hammer in shop. <laughs> Pull nails out of two by four in big shed in the bay. Okay, that's maybe what a chore, that, that was a pretty typical thing. He would be like, all right, they need busy work. Uh, those two by fours have nails. Pull them out, you know. Any dad ever done that? Okay. So then, so then now we, no, so we're 10, we're 9, 10, maybe 8, 12, something in there, you know, and, oh, gosh, we got to find the hammer? In the shop? Oh, man. You know, and just think of a 9-year-old. It's like, oh, my goodness, that's big. Like, where do we find the hammer? So then, like, we had dads at work, so we called dad, like, where are the hammers? I said they're in the shed or in the shop. Go find them. Where, where are they in the shop? They're on the bench. Just, you got to look a little bit. Okay. So then we go in there and we dig around and, you know, maybe move a couple things, but wouldn't find them. Oh, they're not in here. You know, either trying to delay the inevitable or just really not good at looking for things. You know what I'm saying? So we'd call dad and be like, and this is how that conversation would go. Like, dad, we can't find the hammer. If I have to come home <laughs> and find the hammer for you, I know it's on the bench, but if you make me come home and leave work to find that hammer, I'm going to be very upset. Oh, okay. Well, we'll find it. Okay. And you just click, you know, it's like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. You know, all right. Love you too. Okay. You know, he didn't hang up on me. All right. But um, so then we go back in there. Maybe we would find a hammer or something. And then it's like, well, the bay. Where's the bay in the shed? You know, Mom, you know where the bay is? What's the bay? What's a two-by-four? You know, that just a whole, like, list of things we do not know what to do. But, and then, you know, maybe we'd pull the nails. And as we got older, he began to pay us, you know, a couple dollars an hour. I remember at one point we were up to $5 an hour, $5 an hour. And, um, but, you know, I think back to it, I could go down the stories, like, go out and cut wood, you know, and, and then we'd, you know, get the tray, this stuck or that stuck, and you'd be like, well, can you get it unstuck? Or do I need to do it for you? You know what I'm saying? And it was like, he let us sit in the struggle until maybe we were so overwhelmed we were giving up in life, right? I just want to die, okay? You know, I was like, but, but I see it, and I'm like, he, he was giving us moments of struggle. It was man-made struggle. It was like, 
Case nine, finding a hammer is tough enough, you know. Now they're 15. Now they need to go be able to load a trailer with wood and drive it back with the four, you know, with a four-wheeler. And it was man-made struggle, and it wasn't like always coming to our rescue. It was see if they, they have what it takes to get through that. And now I look back on it, you go, well, this is such not a spiritual thing. Maybe you don't feel spiritual, but now I look back at it, I'm like, the Bible talks about people that have determination and work ethic. You know what they say about them? He says, they will never go without. They will always have what they need. Because why? Because they know how to work hard. They know how to, and, the, and Proverbs says, go look at the ants, see what they do. What do they do? They're always moving around. Out, they continue to move. They don't, they find something to do. And I remember on jobs, like we'd be like standing around, dad would be cutting wood and be like, you know, this is learning moments. It's not that, it's like I'm a kid, I don't really know. But he's like, why are you standing there? There's a lot of stuff to do. I, I don't see anything. There's wood right there. Go pick it up. Oh, okay, right. And you go pick it up. You're learning. In those moments, you learn, oh, yeah, there's things to do. Keep moving. Keep moving, right? Who knows? If you own a business, it's nice to have people that keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, right? You're worth it, right? And so although that's such a practical, like, uh, what is that? For me, that's life-changing. As a, as a kid, as someone who's moving, who's working, I can't imagine something better I could give. I mean, I can imagine better things, but one of the great things I could ever give to my kid is their ability to work, right? And I'm so thankful, and, I, and I've seen that in not just my father, but many people. And Let me just say, so this can be a spiritual thing too, but nothing grows without resistance, without struggle, when you're mentoring somebody, when, we're, when you're raising your kids, you know, which is not just for fathers, but if, you're, if you've already raised your kids, listen, you should be mentoring somebody. They do not grow without struggle. You got to let them struggle a little bit. Don't let, it, don't let them wipe it out. Don't let, them, don't let the struggle wipe them out. But let them struggle a little bit, right? Be there for them, but let them struggle. In the struggle, they grow you know, you've heard of the tree that grew in a perfect condition, right? The perfect condition, right? This tree is going to grow awesome. It gets so high, it falls over. Because there was no struggle. They didn't let the wind hit it. They didn't let it sit in the storm. Amen? And I'm so thankful for that. And the last thing, yeah, I told you, this was going to be painless. Maybe it's painful, but it'll be quick, okay? You're growing in the pain, okay? Uh <clears throat> the last one is, is was, was kind of, this was a hard one for me to, I, I know it because I've seen it for years, but it was hard to put, put, it's hard to put in words for me, but it's the ability to speak slow, or slow to speak. But when they do speak, they speak truth. Like, I've seen it even, I've seen it in a lot of different areas in our church, but I've seen it in our board meetings, actually. I've been on the I've been in the board meetings for a few times here, and the first time I went to it, I thought, "Now this is a group of people that are very wise, because they were they they took the time to think, to really ponder and to listen for God, and then they would speak. They would speak slowly. You know what I'm saying? Well, I have an idea. You all shut up and listen. It was none of that. It was it was hmm hmm. What can we do there? You know, it was, there was a, a slowness to speak that was, I thought was really good. And who knows in those moments when 
everybody's been, I'm sure you've all been in that moment where a name has been brought up, a business has been brought up, a family's been brought up, or a ministry's been brought up, and, and there's maybe four, you know, you're sitting around a table, and someone brings up something, and it's like, it's like, uh, you maybe know that they're looking to criticize it. Anybody been in that situation? No one ever been in a situation where they're looking to criticize. And one of the things that I found so powerfully, and, and I can say this especially about my father, is that I have very, I don't know, I can almost say never, I just don't ever hear him say anything negative about people. Like, that's really powerful. And I've seen it where someone brings something up and, and there's like, let's criticize this person. And it's, you know, and it sounds so dysfunctional, but it happens all the time. It, it does. Like, let's gossip, you know? And it's like this, hmm, I will, I'm not going to open my mouth to that. You know what I'm saying? That, I, to me, that was, looking back on my life, I'm like, that is amazing. Because, you know, the Bible talks about this. Let's just, uh, let's use the Bible here. I know I haven't used the Bible much in this moment, but with this sermon, but I just want to share, just sharing here. James 126, which I think I have it on my phone. James 126, it says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. It all comes down to, can the person control their tongue or not? So all, all your hard work, all everything, but if you can't control your tongue, you might as, you know, it's just a worthless religion. There's nothing, there's nothing to it. Ephesians 4.29, I'm just going to read a couple verses here. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for the building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So it's like the only thing you should be saying is, number one, does it fit the occasion? That means like maybe if you had a bunch of people that are mentoring that one person and you go, you know, I see this issue in this person's life. And you're all a group of people that are trying to get the best for that person, their mentor, you know, you have a relationship with the person. It fits the occasion. But the only thing you should say in that moment is that which gives grace to those who can hear it. And that is, that's just a really powerful thing that as a young person, I want to really know, but now thinking back, it's like, wow, I've not heard negative words spoken about people from father figures in my life, mothers in my life. I, I think that deserves a, a bigger wow, but I, I hear you. I, I know. How do you, how do you express it? I know it's, it's just shocking. But actually it is for me. It's like, wow. Because bridling your tongue is not an easy thing. The Bible actually says that it's basically impossible without the Spirit of God helping you. Um. Proverbs 6.16, I'm just going to read this one. and, and it's, It talks about six things, I'm sure you've read this, six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination. And it lists three of the seven things. Three of the seven things are controlling your tongue. False witness, one who sows discord, 
and a lying tongue. So three of the seven are things that talk about the tongue. If you can control the tongue, those are, those are just three of the seven that God just cannot stand. If, you are, if you're sowing discord among brethren, God just, it is just such an abomination to him. He's so frustrated with that. And so what a powerful, I feel like what a powerful value that I received in that. That we receive in this community. I feel like that's a, something we value in this, in this church. And I'm thankful. I'm going to turn to 1 Corinthians 4. Linda just spoke this morning, and I, I thought it was really good. She was talking about influence and how little things we do influence. And I, and I feel like that's what I want to get across. That a lot of you, you know, you're, maybe you work, uh, you work at a job, you bring king, the kingdom of God to your job and different things, but, you know, it's the little things we do in front of people that really cause a big difference. It's like, wow, they could have said something harshly about that person, but they held their tongue. Hmm, something different about that person. You know, it's those, it's those little moments. And that, that actually, that little moment where you, you did that, the kingdom of God came to that person's life in that moment. It was like, oh, that was kingdom. That's a kingdom principle, not to speak harshly or false words or lying things or carry gossip about someone else. That's a kingdom value. And if we'll do those little things in front of people, the kingdom of God comes to our work, to whoever we're around. Um, 1 Corinthians 4, and this is uh, 4, 6, and just really quick, kind of on the same subject. 4, 6, it says, All I'm doing right now, friends, is showing how these things pertain to Apollos, me, and me. So Paul's talking. and, And that you will restrain and not rush into making judgments without knowing all the facts. It's important to look at all things from God's point of view. I would rather not see you inflating or deflating reputations based on mere hearsay. And who knows that that's, that's what happens a lot. There's one person made a look or there's this little comment or they didn't say hi or this happened or that happened. And, it, and then we, this big assumption is made and then we get to this point and like, yeah, they're a terrible person. They're probably going to hell. Because they didn't say hi to you, really? Like, it's because it's just like you get it out, you put it out on the table, and suddenly everybody starts judging. It's like, get the stones, stone them, you know. It's like, and they're not there to defend themselves. We heard one little thing, and they're going to hell now for that. But the truth is, you're probably all going to hell for that, right? No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but no, I mean that that was a joke, okay? But but seriously, like it's like we're all stoning them, and you're really should be getting stoned for that, right? But Paul's just saying, hey, don't rush to judgment here. You don't even know the whole facts. Let, and then above that it says, let the master make the judgment. Let it all, listen, if it's just a maybe or a kind of, just leave it alone. God will judge it all in the end. It'll get judged. Just let it lie. You don't know all the facts. Just step aside. And, and then, so anyways, I just think that's such a powerful thing. Let's be slow to speak. And that's something I learned from my father. Don't rush to judgment. And the last thing in the same chapter there, 1 Corinthians, is I'm going to close, close this sermon. I hope you got something from this. And I, and I hope you feel honored. I want to honor, honor this, especially those that have been here a long time. 
Um, and if you haven't been here a long time, I want to honor you. These are, these are awesome values that we can have in our life and pass on to our kids or pass on to those we're mentoring. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 4, 16 through 21. It says, see here, I'm in, the, I'm in the Passion Translation, so there's a chapter. Okay, I'm not writing all of this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you and I want you to grow up well, not spoiled. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. It was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. I'm not, you know, asking you to do anything I'm not already doing myself. And let's just read on there. It says, this is why I sent Timothy to you. Let's skip over that. Let's jump down. It says, I know there are some among you who are full of themselves. They never listen to anyone, let alone me. They don't think I'll ever show up in person, but I'll be there sooner than you think. That sounds kind of threatening, right? But I'm going to be there sooner than you think. God willing, and then we'll see if they're full of hot air or full of anything but hot air. I love this translation. Isn't that interesting? God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. Now, what I'm talking about today is I've seen empowered lives. I, I haven't heard just talk. I've heard people live this out. And it's been really powerful to me. And I just want to encourage, I want to encourage just that spirit of father and mother in this house. That I am, I, I'm clearly standing up here and I'm 32 years old and I'm saying, I've seen fathers and mothers and I've seen how you lived. I've seen the little things you've done and it's affected my life. And a father, here he says, a father, you know, he, he, he contrasts, he says, there's people that just want to tell you, criticize you and tell you all the wrong you're doing. But a father comes and, and out of love corrects. And at the bottom he says, so how should I prepare to come to you as a severe, severe disciplinarian, disciplinarian, well, big words, who makes you toe the mark? Or am I coming as a friend who wants to do, have a heart-to-heart, heart-to-heart with you? You decide. And... You know, there's, there's two sides to this. And, and Malachi talks about fathers turning the hearts of the fathers towards their sons and then their sons towards their fathers. And I think, I just want to throw out this. There's two things that I think we should be careful of is, number one, fathers should be careful to not be critical towards their sons. Because their sons, sons and daughters, I'll say sons and daughters, have not lived the life, they do not have the experience that you have. So they don't know all the things you know. And so it's easy for a father, even myself, to look at my kids and be like, come on, don't you know not to dump the water on the floor? You know, it's like, come on, it's Captain Obvious, right? But to a child, it's like, what's the big deal, Dad? I just dumped water on the floor. You're going to rot the floor and, uh, you know, I got to clean it up. You know what I'm saying? And so it's so easy to criticize my kids, even the age they're at. And it might seem like they're kids, Sam, but hey, you know, I'm just a kid too compared to you, right? But... (laughs) I didn't know not to smash the window out. Uh, but so I think it, we have to be careful as people that are fathers, mentors, to not be critical towards those who are younger in the faith. 
but instead come with them with love, believe the best about them. And then on the other side, if you're being mentored, don't be a know-it-all. You're really not that smart, right? You really aren't. I mean, you have the Holy Spirit, that's a good step, right? And you have the Bible and you're reading it, that's a good step. But God has put fathers and mothers in our life so that we can glean from them, the wisdom they have. Amen? And so I, I really want, I, I feel like Malachi, he's prophesying, he's saying, listen, if you can't get the fathers to turn their hearts or, and mother's fathers to the kids and the kids to the fathers and the mothers, then there's going to be a curse, right? Immediately, that's all he says, and then that ends. And then Matthew comes. It's like, well, what happened? Well, we get to decide. We get to decide what happens. And we need fathers that our hearts are turned and say, I want the best for you. The love Love believes the best, right? And that same goes for the, the younger or those that are being mentored. It's like, listen, believe the best about them. They're there to help you. They're there to, to lead you along here to go, hey, you know, I tripped over that. Be careful. You know, that's a tough one. See my flat nose? I fell, okay? You know, <laughs> be careful with that one. But, and I just want to honor, you know, I just want, I, I hope you feel honored and I just, I'm so thankful for our community here. You know, if you're new here, um, it's really an amazing, the things that I love about this church is that, you know, you come and you get fed and the presence of God is here. We have such a value for God's presence. And then thirdly, we have such a, we have a value for family. We want healthy families, we want healthy relationships. And it's not perfect, but it's, we're headed, we're, we're following Christ, we're following Holy Spirit. So I'm really thankful. Can we just have the band come up? Would you stand with me? <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. So we're going to be heading out and going to Casey's here in a moment, but um, I just want you to take a moment. Just could you close your eyes and It's one of the things I've been thinking about lately is slow growth. There's a lot of times we want things to happen so fast. But I think some of the most powerful things is when people will take the time and, and grow a relationship with somebody. Like a father, if you take someone under, you really spend the time with them. Just think about your life, how the reason you're saved is that someone took the time and reached out to you. Someone took the time and you had to have an open heart to them but you might have been the 20th person they tried to, to knock on the door. Like they, you were like, might have been the 50th person that they witnessed to or that they go, hey, I'd love to take you out for coffee. But how, we know that someone, it's, 
We're here because someone took the time, someone took the time to knock on our door, in a sense, knock on the door of our heart and said, hey, I want to mentor you. I want to see you grow. The only reason you're here is because someone did it. Someone did that. It might have been your parents. It might have been, but it might have been someone at work. And we get so, a lot of times we get so caught up in, you know, working hard and doing all those different things. But when we get to the end of our life, the, mo- the one thing we won't regret is the time we spent with people trying to reach them for Jesus. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. I mean, we will never regret the time we spent trying to grow somebody to reach them for Jesus. The time we spent taking them to coffee, reading books with them. That is something you will never regret. When you get to your end of your life and you got millions of dollars in your bank account, but you have nobody that you've reached, nobody that you spent time with, nobody you've mentored, you will be a life that is completely full of regret. You go, dang it. Why did I spend so much time doing that when this was the only thing that mattered? I just so badly want us to shift our heart to, to just to get the heart of God on this matter. That there is someone in your life that God has called you to mentor. That there's someone in your life that if you're a young believer, there's someone there that God has for you to be mentored, so you can be mentored by. So God, we just thank you. Can you just, you know, close your eyes, just think about that for a moment. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to stir our hearts right now, Lord. God, stir our hearts for sons and daughters. God, we just thank you for a turning of the hearts, even in this room. Don't think about physical sons and daughters so much. Just, God, we just pray for the hearts of the fathers and mothers to turn towards the sons and daughters. God, just start it in the church right here, in our church, Lord. God, we thank you for a turning of the heart. God, the turning of affection, the turning of our eyes from the, the seen world to those things that are temporary, God, to those eternal things, people's souls, people's hearts, people's lives, people's families. God, we just ask you to give us a revelation of what is important in this earth. Thank you, Lord. If that's you, could you just lift one hand as we sing the song? God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your kingdom coming to our lives today. It might not be a sudden thing, but God, in the next month, the next year, God, God, begin to turn our hearts to those things that are more important, Lord. God, give us kingdom insight. God, give us kingdom ideas now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.
He atamakota vahe. He atamakota vahe. He snehe. Votomati vakota vo. He tavakona mate. Votsne. Votsne. The time is now. The time is now. Do not say, I will wait till tomorrow. Do not say, I will wait. Today is the day to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. If you wait tomorrow, your life will be wasted. If you keep saying, I will wait till tomorrow, your life will be wasted. Do the thing God has called you to do right now. Say the thing you need to say. Do the thing you need to do. At the end of your life, you will be proud of what you did. And you will be honored. Thank you, Lord. Can you just lift your hands real quick? Just receive that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's not about hard work. It's about giving your life to Christ. I just heard the Lord say, pour it out. 
lives poured out as a sacrifice before me. It's being willing. So Holy Spirit, we just say we're willing, Lord. We're willing vessels. Come on, can you say that? Come on, can you say that, God? We're willing vessels. God, we're willing vessels for you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we want to see your kingdom advance, Lord. We want to see your kingdom advance. One person at a time. One person at a time. One person at a time. God, we just thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is advancing, God. One person at a time. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel a burning in my soul, so I'm just I'm just waiting here, but thank you, Lord. We gotta die to live, right? That's the kingdom principle. If you, if you try to live your life, you will die. But if you die to yourself daily, if you die to the, your, your desires and the things, you die for other people's lives, you'll live. You actually find fulfillment in laying down your life for other people. If you only live for your desires, it's a miserable existence. Find ways to lay your life down for others. If it's for the lost or if it's for those that are Christians but need help. Find some way to lay down your life. Amen. Well, we're going to go. We're going to spend some time together at Casey's. We're, you're all welcome. You can invite friends, you know, family um, to come, I believe. And so you're dismissed, and we have prayer counselors, I'd assume. So if you want to come up, prayer counselors, and if you need prayer, please come up, and they will pray with you. God bless you guys. And I want you to know that he can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org.